and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. We're all members and contributors at Enthusiacs.com. That's E-N-T-H-U-S-I-A-C-S.com. Thank you for joining us again. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Enthusiacs, by the way, and at our YouTube channel where our video content resides, also just Enthusiacs. Um, uh, thanks for joining us again. My name is Jeff, or Baron Fang, and today my guests are Tony. Welcome back, Tony. Hello. Thank you. And joining us once again from the UK, G-Man. How are you? Good evening, everyone. Thanks again for joining us at this ungodly hour <laughs> of the night. No, no, this is uh, this is mid mid to late evening. Now. This is this is when the G-Man dwells, so this, we're this, fine. This is your summer schedule. Yeah. Like I, I keep forgetting, so. Uh, yeah, we'll have to be more mindful once you're back to, uh, well, September or whenever you're back to a normal. Yeah, chances are I'll probably still be up at this time. <laughs> I can't go to bed later now. <laughs> Getting into some bad habits like me. Um, well, uh, yeah. like we cover uh, off the bat each and every time on Point Streak, uh, we'll talk about uh, what we've all been playing. And I'll just mention uh, once again, I am back into Warframe <laughs> in a big bad way. Um they added dogs recently. Uh, I don't know if that means anything to either of you, but <laughs> uh, that that was an interesting. I, uh, I personally like spaceship. Yeah, I, I I quite like it as well. I'm uh, I'm glad that they kind of toned down the uh, AI on the ship because he was annoying as all hell in the default state. But they they're tweaking it as as well. You've played Warframe before, G Man. You know that the, whenever a new edition comes out, there's regular hot fixes until they kind of get it yeah. right and. Uh, you know, the st- there's been at least five or six hot fixes since release 14, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. I I certainly have to agree that they've done a a very good job of uh, improving uh, the um, uh, learning curve for new players, which was I think one of the big things they they needed to ad- address. And, and as as somebody who was very lost when I started playing, uh, that was that was something long overdue. Uh, how about you, Tony? What have you been uh, sinking your teeth into? Well, I'll apologize again in advance because this is probably going to take up the most time of any of what I've been playing lately. <laughs> uh, all right, so 360. Uh, been finishing up Assassin's Creed 3, that buggy ass game. Still fun. Uh, Burnout Paradise, that uh, uh, Your Shape Fitness Evolved. Still at around 8,000 calories. Burn to date. Um, I also bought a GameCube for the first time. I've never owned one before. And. Uh, Bought Spy Hunter with originally, and I played a little bit of that. Loved it when I was a kid. Uh, and I ordered uh, the Resident Evil remake for GameCube, and I actually ordered that the day before the announcement came out that they're going to port it <laughs> to current generation consoles. Uh, you know, re- beyond that, um, beyond that, uh, I was you know still playing XCOM, XCOM on my phone until that started really aggravating me when I started getting to the higher difficulties. So. Uh, I didn't want to break my phone, so I had to pass on it for a little bit. I downloaded a, a free-to-play game called uh, Galaxy at War, which is kind of like a strategy resource game. Oh. Um, my new protection wore off after 72 hours, and I just got obliterated by some higher-level guy. So once again, done with that. I think I'm done with mobile gaming for a while, but I think that about sums everything up. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, G-Man? What have you been into? Uh... I've actually been playing on my handheld, so it's mostly Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Dual Destinies, which is the most recent one. DS. Uh, on the, so, yeah, on the, you mean on, on the, the DS. DS? Oh, right. Okay, yeah. yeah I thought so. Cool, cool. Um, 
So no PC titles, huh? No. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean for <laughs> oh Warframe, I guess, right? Yeah, well, for me, it's you know been very heavy, heavy Warframe. Um, but uh, anyway, I'd like to uh, get into uh, our topic, um, which is um, we we've been we've been talking about uh, we, we've been talking about doing this topic for a while as kind of a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know, an informative, informative sort of help, maybe uh, more a more educational sort of uh, episode um, on a topic that, for those of us who are familiar with it, it, it we kind of take it for granted. But uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of gamers out there, some friends of ours even that are kind of mystified by it, uh, and that is um, PC gaming. So we'll call that we'll call this respectfully PC for dummies, um, and uh, for the <laughs> for the purposes of the call. Uh, I guess uh, we'll, we'll say uh, that G-Man and I would be the uh, the the comfortable, sh- shall we say, PC uh, gamers, G-Man. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be <laughs> a little Vet- bit of knowledge. Veteran, uh, fair amount, of, and and certainly for me, go, you know, I, I've probably yeah, been PC definitely. gaming longer than you've been alive, which is sickening but true. But uh, <laughs> uh, and and Tony, yeah, I think that's probably accurate. <laughs> yeah. And Tony, you would probably represent more of the uh, the neophytes, um, and uh, and and we wanted to have somebody who had that sort of uh, limited per- perspective because some good questions will will come out of it. Um, and uh, look, we may have a few others uh, join us over the co- over the course of the call who have uh, a variety of uh, of different experiences with the PC as well. Um, first things first, I I just want to look. I think I've kind of covered everyone's history and quickly but i'll just say for myself i've been pc gaming since oh god uh let's see um probably back as far as like 1988 89 in the days of like 8088 computers i don't even know if you do know what that means that's like pre-286 386 era back when uh, megahertz were in the single digits <laughs> all gibberish to me back back when uh, gigahertz was not but a dream yes I, I had no idea that such a thing even existed um uh so i go back a long way uh, to dos and you know the the sort of pre-windows era uh floppies and, and all that uh you know before uh, before you know Are we you talking can... big floppies or little floppies? we're talking both <laughs> five and a quarter oh, no five, five and a quarter and three and a half that's how far back oh god no so that's... i if I if I at some point I know it's going to happen. If I at some point seem a bit world weary uh, during the course of the podcast, it's because I am when it comes to this. So I've 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 been in the trenches. I've I've been there through the uh, some of the good times and bad. Um and and G-Man, like I, I pointed out before, you're obviously a fraction of my age, but you've been you've been using a PC from a very young age, I assume, and comfortable with it. Uh, pretty much. Uh, I've been playing PC games on and off for about six eight years now. Do uh, Fisher-Price make a line of PCs? I'm kind of out of touch with that. <laughs> stuff, uh... Uh, no, I think my first PC was around about 10-ish, I believe. Right. Yeah, so, 10, 12-ish. So you're going on nearly a decade of, uh, approaching a yeah. decade of, uh, of experience. And um, now what, what would have been the OS <laughs> that you would have uh, been running? 2000. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. 2000. Wow. I was I was thinking you were going to say Windows 98, but uh, uh, okay. That's all right. Well, then uh, still, but still uh, a pretty good um, breadth of experience. Uh, and um, you would have experienced uh, a lot of the ups and downs and, and nitpicks and stuff that I have uh, just for a lesser amount of time. And how about you, Tony? Uh, you've obviously, you're obviously uh, not a technophobe and you've you use computers and you're using one now. 
uh, is have you ever really done much computer gaming or is yeah uh, I mean I have just not really of late I mean I, it's funny I just now realized this I'm pretty sure I have the PC right next to me uh, I'm not using it because this thing's ancient but the one I used to have in my room when I was uh, I don't know maybe 10 somewhere around 10 or 12 kind of like that uh, yeah. uh, I mean I played the um, the Command and Conquer series a little bit uh, and even what even way farther back than that, like on Windows ninety five, I played you know the pinball game that was on it that I think <laughs> came with every uh, copy of Windows. Yes. But I mean, real real games like kind of like Command and Conquer and stuff. I used to play that. Yep. I think that was really it. But again, my I'm wondering if I can pull. I mean, this this computer is an E tower. Um, if that means anything to you, and it looks like it has Windows ninety eight on it. Uh, but again. With me, when I was that young and I was doing this, I was always, you know, I wasn't thinking about like insides and, you know, like what the hardware of it. I was just like, oh, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, a computer. I can throw a game in there and it'll go. And, and would it be fair to say the computers you owned were store bought? Someone else probably handled right. that, made the decisions. You had, right. like you said, you're not really worried about the guts and all that. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, have been through the whole gamut of buying computers, building them from scratch. So I, I've kind of uh, done done all that. How about you, G-Man? Have you have you uh, uh, got your hands mostly, dirty? Mostly store bought. Mm. Um, the current one I'm using, which is two years old now, is uh, built myself. Right. So you could crack it open and uh, point the stuff and <laughs> know what I, this uh, is. I regularly on. have to. <laughs> wow. Well, we might get to that. Um, so, yeah, uh, just to give uh, the listener an idea of uh, what, what we're talking about experience-wise, um, and Tony, it'd be fair to say that you are, any listener of Point Streak wouldn't be surprised to hear that you're primarily a a console gamer or when you're not playing on your damn phone. Um, <laughs> so uh, well, I just want to quickly cover the advantages. Uh, I, I tire of the whole PC master race debate, but you know, the, for just for the, for the uninitiated, the advantages to the PC are, are, are fairly, fairly easy to, to cover. Um, as a consumer, you've got, power and flexibility like you don't have with a console uh, and expandability. Um, often the case when a console comes out, it's already behind in terms of the capability of the raw hardware. Uh, it's, you know, they're purposely... I think my current PC is better than what most uh, yeah. current-gen consoles are going to offer. Yeah. This is two years old. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of that has to do with the way that they're built and the fact that they have to be, uh, you know, multi-purpose devices, uh, whereas consoles are, are not. And, you know, c consoles are created to be affordable, right? <laughs> if, yeah. if, uh, if someone wanted to go out there and build a real catalog, Cadillac console... And uh, one could argue, argue that this Steambox kind of idea might sort of be a, an attempt to do that. Uh, you, you could probably build a console that cost a grand or more that would be really beefy. Of course, who would buy it? No, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's got to be accessible. Uh, P PCs can be uh, PCs can vary in price quite wide widely, uh, and 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 so too it can the power and flexibility, and the uh, the the U word, the upgradability thing. Uh, most of the time. Unless you're buying a uh, an integrated unit uh, that's you know very small and not designed to be upgradable, whatever you buy uh, can have its life extended, expanded by changing or improving internal components, be that RAM, hardware, CPU, etc. Um, there's some exceptions to that, 
it with consoles. There are some consoles that are kind of upgradable in different ways, but for the most part, that's uh, that's a PC thing. Uh, multi-purpose, I've mentioned, obviously, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't know a lot of people who word process with their consoles. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there's somebody out there that does that, but, uh, you know, P PC's original use was meant to be, uh, you know, for work and, and, uh, and other things and gaming it was uh, at one time kind of a secondary concern for a lot of people like me. It's the, <laughs> it's now the primary concern. Um, but they have to be able to do double duty. Um, and, uh, something that's really increasingly more and more become a big advantage of, of uh, PC games is modding. And uh, I know, G-Man, you've, uh, you know, you've certainly yeah. uh, experienced uh, a bit of that. Yeah, I've actually been spending most of the day updating my Skyrim mods. So I'm play <laughs> yeah, again. yeah and, and look, it, it opens up a door to, to something that just isn't really available to people on, on, on consoles. And, uh, and, and another aspect of modding, uh, which is the community-made patches and fixes, <laughs> which is, which is again, something... Again, Skyrim yeah. and those <laughs> one of the patches. Yeah. I was installing. Yeah, and it's sad but true. But uh, it's very often in the PC community that because of the the enthusiasm and the wide install base and just the skills that are out there, you end up with a game that's some broken ass thing, and someone out there for free comes up with a fix. And while I think it should be the company coming up with these fixes, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of games out there that have been rescued from <laughs> oblivion by just like my. Oh, that's a bad pun. <laughs> It was uh, terrible, um, but yeah. Uh, uh, but bugs that might be otherwise crippling on a console game, or you know, or or just take a long time to come out because you know there's companies out there that just don't give a shit. With their <laughs> Assassin's Creed Three, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on, on the PC, that's a lot less of an issue. I, I've I've had a lot of games where I've installed things that were not quote unquote official fixes. Um, that, I, I feel like that's a weird thing to say as a selling point, but more and more it is. <laughs> You know, like it's better the fix be unofficial than no fix at all. Uh, exactly, exactly. And you know, the PC gamers are the ones that get the access to that. Uh, a big one are the likes of Steam and GOG and other digital distribution systems that are a source of really cheap games uh, that are easily distributed, provided that you don't care about physical copies and that you're okay with the DRM rules. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've talked about steam summer sales on these podcasts before and, you know, yes, there are digital releases and, and sales on, on Xbox. And I know you, you Tony, certainly uh, keep your eye on, on that sort of stuff. Like a lot of Xbox and, uh, PlayStation, uh, network owners do on their respective systems. But I think it's fair to say that it's a much more, uh, mature market, much more aggressive and, I think it's fair to say probably cheaper. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Not on Steam. Xbox has been getting better, but yeah, yeah I don't think they'll ever match. Yeah, uh, get, uh, getting better is well yeah. considering where they were. Yeah, yeah, they've got nowhere to go. Yeah. really. <laughs> to yeah, pretty much. Then there's a few other little minor points, like the wider variety of peripherals. Um, which is, you know, not a big thing, but uh, if you're serious about your peripherals, there's a lot of choice on the PC. That's not to say there's not a lot of choice on the consoles, but generally speaking, uh, it's a lot more common that you buy a device that says works on PC and X rather than works on X, works on X. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of that has to do with, again, community patches and, and unexpected sort of things. Um, Another thing uh, PCs are good for, you pretty much, uh, if you buy, if you still have a game from like uh, 
14 years ago as I do. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it will work. The la- the la- I still uh, play uh, Homeworld and Homeworld 2. Yeah. No, Even actually, yeah. on that subject, I don't. maybe we were going to get into it or I was going to ask. But, we're going to touch on it, yeah. Okay, because um, I was actually really curious about that. I've been looking at old PC games that I've... Uh, well, I said Command & Conquer, but uh, I meant... <laughs> One specifically was black and white, so I'm uh I was trying to look into that. Yeah. Uh, but I, from what I, I don't know. If we're gonna get into it later, maybe we'll we'll save it for them. But I know there's something with operate the operating system that it, yeah yeah. There, okay. There's well, there's uh w- without without being too uh, um hyperbolic. There's there's always a way. <laughs> there's yeah. there's, there's very rarely ever a, a game out there. If that the you game can't is find the way uh, so old as as if you can't play it then your computer can probably run an emulation of what it yes. should be running on. So, um, And I, I might just touch on a few of the advantages for the developers as well. Very, very wide install base. You know, people forget there's a lot more PC gamers out there than there are of everything else put together. And and there's, you know, obvious reasons for that. Because, potential. Yeah, sorry. Well. Potential, potential users. Yeah, exactly. That's the, uh, the operative word. Um, there's a lot less license, licensing crap to deal with. Uh, no, if you get an engine and something like that to make a game, obviously, but you don't get nearly as much of the sort of restricted. There's a lot more freedom to develop on a PC because there's a lot less gatekeepers in the way of, you know, you've got to pay us to develop us for our console type attitude. Um, that then there is, uh, with, with some, particularly when a console is new, um, a lot of free tools for developers that are out there that have been around for a, a long time and that work really well. And, you know, can there's some amazing games out there that are being made with stuff that's just working well for years. You know, it doesn't have to always be cutting edge engines and things. Um, there's also, as I, as I mentioned, there's really, <laughs> there's really no, what you, is it fair to say, Jamin, there's really no next gen when it comes to PCs that it just it's always evolving. Evolution, not yeah. Revolution. yeah. It, it's just a slow, gradual, you know, uh, uh, DDR2 memory starts to, you know, be more DDR3 memory, you know, rather than this, these huge, you know, jumps or these, you know, finite changes, um, operating systems being kind of in a gray area. Um, and, uh, look, so, so yeah, there's there's advantages for the developers too. Um, well, I thought we might start just by talking about uh, software a little bit. Um, obviously, uh, the, the the majority of people these days are on on PCs or in a Windows environment, and uh, I would think Linux, uh, G-Man, would be kind of a no, uh, no, Linux no, is very much the third operating. The third, system. yeah. Um, and, and look, there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, Windows has been in a dominant position for a very long time, and when you buy a PC game, you tend to have very clearly on there the Windows uh, editions that it's. Uh, it would to run be for. rarer for a game to be. I've almost never heard of a game that is Mac exclusive, let yeah. alone Linux. It's pretty. It's pretty rare. Um, Tony, I might, I might ask you, uh, did, are you aware of these sorts of uh, differences between the OSs, like this 32-bit versus 64? Is that something you're, you've ever been aware of, that, that sort of stuff? Yeah, I know of it. I mean, I, don't, I couldn't really talk at length about it, but yeah. I mean, I'm aware of it, yeah. Well, I, I might but, defer to you, to G-Man. What, what exactly is the, uh, the, the, uh, the short version of the, the jump between 32-bit versus 64-bit uh, as far as P- the PC operating systems are concerned? Uh, wonderful. You would ask me just just <laughs> after my exams, wouldn't you, when I'm forgetting it? You would. 
All right. Um, I'm. This may be wrong, so I will probably be checking this before the night's up. But I think it's something to do with the fact that um, it has more channels, more mm. or less. It's it's more because the real hang up on processing power on a computer speed now is not processing power because those haven't changed in about five six years yeah more or less you know you've just added more cores it's more or less transmitting the data between hard drive to ram to processor back to ram back to processor so on and so forth yeah so more channels means more data moving faster so hopefully quicker i think we can assume that the 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 average user out there is probably going to be looking at a system that's either windows 7 or windows 8 uh and 30 Probably Yeah, and well, I, I I still see places that offer seven as an option, but maybe six months from now that won't even be the case anymore, and they'll have yeah. fully transitioned. Um, I don't even know exactly what Windows eight point one means. I gather there's some differences. There's a start button. There's a start. Is that all it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I hear I haven't upgraded myself. So. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So. Yeah, for the for the, uh, the the users out there, just to, I just thought I'd mention that. But really, for for all intents and purposes, anyone that's starting from here on is probably going to be in the 64-bit era and using you know things yeah. like emulation if they want to go back to the past. And really, I don't I don't think they do they even sell a um, do they even sell a, a game, new games anymore that say you know that anything less than a dual core is uh, <laughs> is okay. Uh, I'm thinking you're looking at games that are specifically uh, low budget. More yeah. Or less. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Most games tend to be using dual cores, at least in my experience. Yeah. Well, we'll get into the uh, so so look, so- software is actually not that tricky because to be honest. 90% of people are going to be using the same OSs and most of the stuff that you pick up on the store on Steam etc is going to tell you what you what you have versus what you need and it's usually a pretty easy uh, determination to make if you're on a Mac you're not going to be worrying about these things because you've you know you're playing whatever uh, whatever is uh, whatever games whatever is for Mac yeah whatever's there which is uh, yeah. slimmer, slimmer pickings obviously uh, hardware is where it gets a bit more complicated and uh, I I'm <laughs> How how much do you really understand, Tony, about the the inner guts of uh, the average PC? Do, is, um, do you know the RAM from the processor from the from the hard drive type? Uh... I mean, yeah, to an extent. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I know, you know. I mean, the hard drive is basically, you know, where you're actually storing, you know, right. your uh, your warehouse or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if there's something. I'm trying to think if there's something specific like that I really question. I mean, and RAM is more or less kind of um, it's it's dedicated storage. If maybe if that makes sense, it's or maybe a, active it's, memory. Active it's memory. Active yeah. memory. Okay, right, right. Um, I mean, the graphics cards, sound cards. If I don't even, or if those are integrated nowadays. Um, I mean, but they kind of speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, Most sound these days is on board. You've got to be a fairly serious gamer to to uh, to get yourself a sound card these days. People do, um, but most most is integrated sound. Yeah. Yeah. Most, uh, most motherboards do come with integrated, if nothing else, for uh, for when your actual one packs up and you still need to access. It. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, now, in the era that we're I, just getting back to um, to RAM for a second, in the era we're in now, uh, basically your your most computers that you're getting are in the eight plus range. Um, you can still find ones that are you know 
uh, four. I have four, for example, and and desperately would like to get more. Um, the 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 amount of RAM you have is uh, is a very important uh, is bottleneck the right word? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it, I would say it's a bottleneck. Yeah. Though although actually it's probably close to the same as software is actually because yeah. no one's using more than yeah. RAM is yeah RAM anyway. is very important when it comes to multitasking. Um, computers that don't have enough RAM are going to chug along when they don't have enough RAM to be able to handle a lot of. Uh, a lot of complicated uh, items. I I found uh, I I found um, uh, pro programs that uh, programs that I played after I increased. I I found in the past. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm making a generalization, but RAM was one of the things that I noted that I noticed a very very uh, obvious uh, improvement when when it was doubled or improved in the past. Um, uh, RAM these days is uh, is generally in uh, DDR2 type stick, uh, sorry, DDR3 and, and plus type sticks. Um, well, while you mention that, can you explain what that is as far as DDR? Because I remember even hearing about that with the new consoles that are out now. That yeah. Now they're... Um, the higher DDR levels basically refer to the speed at which it is able to access the, um, the RAM by and large. Um, two, two and three and four being successive improvements over the previous generations and uh, and more expensive as well. So obviously. is it is it more of um, uh, how do I put this? Like not I, I'm really trying uh, having trouble finding the words to describe the question. You know, um, like so there, it's not like I mean you could buy essentially like let's say the same eight you know eight gig card that's DDR two and the same essentially the same card that's DDR three. Does that make sense? Like, you can. It's not. You should be able to. Should be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some some it, like if you're you're talking, I think you're talking about a because gra graphic cards actually have you know onboard memory as as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. maybe it is. Yeah. Okay. And the higher the higher end cards tend to have the best RAM uh, on them. And uh, and the most. And the most, yes, exactly. Like uh, wh whereas your whereas your you know RAM for your computer you know might be eight or sixteen. Uh, the, the the video the video memory on your on your graphic card these days is going to be between half a gig gig or or you know two gigs for some of the uh, some of the the double size uh, is that the right the right word double double size yeah. <laughs> cards that take They're up two bigger, slots just bigger yeah um, so yeah the the RAM for your computer is a very important consideration um, processors uh, are these days uh, you know at the very least you know you're getting a dual core. And uh, increasingly, more and more, uh, you're you're into quads, and it's uh, it it was quite a uh, there, there's a lot a lot of time goes by before there are like hugely incremental upgrades, and and the transition from single core to dual core was a pretty significant one. I know that uh, that there are a lot of games out there that um, these days take you know do do make use of that sort of dual car uh capability uh, there was a long while there while that we were transitioning from dual to from single to dual where it didn't seem like it was making that much of a difference but um i've seen quad cores in action and uh it's it's definitely uh it definitely makes a massive difference um and it also makes a massive difference in price uh <laughs> Tony, if, you're, yeah. if, you, if you're looking at the higher end quad cores the the la the very top end ones uh that those those last increments can be literally hundreds of dollars different. So uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's an important consideration. I I think 
I think it's fair to say any serious gamer these days has got to be looking at a quad core, uh, even if it's just an i5. They're not terribly expensive, depending on what level you want. But you yeah, can probably get away with one for about 150, 125 pounds. Yeah, yeah, and particularly if it was an i5. Um, the i7s yeah. are still, I believe, the uh, the, the pinnacle. Um, the pinnacle, yeah, yeah, and they're ridiculously expensive. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got to deal with things like heat and all that sort of stuff oh. <laughs> as well. And I don't want to get in—I don't want to get too deep into that because you can get really into the weeds <laughs> talking about that stuff. But suffice to say, Tony, you're aware that what sits on top of the uh, of your processor is is a fan, is a fan and heat sink combination that draws away the heat and allows that thing to really, uh, you know, wind up without. <laughs> yeah, burn, and I know there's burning. <laughs> Melting. Yeah, and I'm, I know if, if you really got the money or you really want to get crazy, there's liquid cooling too. If I, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm never going to touch that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just the word liquid cooling is sounds it's, like risky to me. But Yeah, I yeah. yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I would not risk it. Um, Sony I, fans are generally... Yeah, for uh, processors, yeah. For, for processors, yeah, they tend to be pretty effective. And look, some people, some people are so hardcore that they literally go out and the first thing they do is replace the stock, <laughs> quote unquote, fan with a, uh, a better one. Um, I honestly think it probably has more to do with your case design often uh-huh. than it than it does with, with the fan. Some some cases just are not very good at. Uh, at heat like the one i have now i really have to keep the side off of it because it's just not very well designed when it comes to moving stuff around um graphic card is another big big one um where does... i would say it's perhaps the biggest one for Pro- gaming. probably for the gaming, biggest yeah. for gaming yeah yeah now not every pc you're going to buy off the shelf has a dedicated graphics card onboard graphics uh most uh i i would say the majority of of motherboards that you're going to get out there have uh some sort of um capability of, of running onboard uh, graphics um, where basically the processor does the duty of the graphics rather than a, a dedicated graphics card. Uh, any Anyone who wants to get into gaming seriously, particularly on a desktop, has got to be looking at a graphic card. Um, the two big players are, of course, your uh, your Radons. Uh, and I is it is the company called Radon now, or is that just the brand? I, it, was, uh, it was originally I, ATI, uh, but... Uh, yeah. I think ATI and Radon are still around. I just can't remember. Yeah. And of course, G- GeForce uh, being in the NVIDIA uh, brand yeah. is the other big one. Um, Basic rule set is that there's only Intel and AMD. And yeah. If uh-huh. you go Intel, you go GTI. And if you go AMD, you go Radon. Yeah. That, that tends to be a common way of looking at it. Um, you know, some people are really loyal to one versus the other. Uh, we, I, I really don't think for the for the starting gamer, you really need to really worry too much about that sort of thing. If, There's, although if price is an issue, I do recommend AMD. They do tend to be cheaper, yes. Uh, they they and they have. I think it's fair to say they have far more what you would consider to be entry level options uh, yeah. than Intel than Intel is, does. Uh, Intel's great for processing, and it has some amazing energy saving options. Yeah, yeah. It's pricey but for a for a starting gamer uh you i i wouldn't be i i wouldn't be worrying hugely about the brands of, of either the processors or the uh the graphic cards there's some really good models either way um now when it comes to now what when it comes to recommending graphic cards that's where it starts to get really tough uh tony you've uh, you mentioned liquid cooling well <laughs> there there are that many different uh designs 
the, some of these dual cards have got giant copper heat sinks on them, dedicated fans, double fans. Uh, have you ever actually seen one of them up close, or? Uh, no, not in person. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I, some of the people I follow on YouTube talk about their graphics card and they kind of show them off. Um, I know, I guess the big thing on, you know, one of the most popular high-end models is the, what is it? The GTX NVIDIA Titan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe that's their premiere at the moment. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've, yeah, I've had a look at them. Yeah. Have you ever installed one before? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah. I would, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I'd love to you know, build my own one day or even take one apart and then put it back together. But I unfortunately haven't, haven't done that yet. Yeah. 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 Gra Some crazy people will you, will even dual uh, cross bridge those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, it's like one's not enough. No, no, they'll do two. Yeah. Pair them together. Yeah. You can get pretty complicated. Um, and the, uh, and, and space is a consideration too. That's something you, you know, particularly if you're building a PC, yeah. you've got to really look at the internal dimensions of everything. Some of the, some of the motherboards you get out there are designed to be a very, you know, tiny sort of form factor. And, um, I mean, some of them only have like one slot of this and one slot of that. And, uh, it, it's, uh, they're, they're not very upgradable in that sense. And, but they're designed to fit into a smaller case. Uh, I, I've seen people who've bought graphic cards only to find out that the physical dimensions of the case, uh, and, and where everything else fits doesn't accommodate that. So that, that is something you need to keep in mind. Um, re recommending a graphic card level that, if we were to, if G-Man and I were to sit here and say, what's the bet, you know, what's the minimum graphic card to get, you know, NVIDIA and ATI today, a radon today, it, it would change within like <laughs> literally a, a matter six of months. To, six months to a year. Yeah. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of pointless to worry about that. I, I would say if you want to be a little bit it's future proof. Prob it's probably easier to recommend the price range than yeah. specific. Yeah. Well, I, I've found I've had the most success uh, and we can tra translate that to whatever currency you want. I, I found the most success in sort of the two to $300 US range in terms of a card being capable and a bit future proof. I find when I go cheaper than that, uh, I don't, I, I end up with something that's a little bit underpowered. And if I go more expensive than that, I want to slip my wrists a year <laughs> later when I, when I see that, that, that what I bought is like worth half the, the price. I've never been, and I don't know about you, G-Man, but I've never been the guy who has to have the absolute top end Titan card because they just like, you think, you think a luxury uh, car loses they, value after yeah. you buy it. <laughs> just, just wait till your graphic card gets a year yeah. old. There is nothing more annoying than seeing um something seeing your graphics card at a third of the price, yeah. same power, and then something yeah. bigger's come along. It's so yeah. So if if you're if you're starting out, aim that sort of mid-range card. I I think in the U.S. dollar f figure, that sort of two to three hundred. Um, what did you say earlier? Hundred and twenty-five, hundred and fifty yeah. pounds. And um, yeah, around about there. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty a, much what I'm running at the moment. Yeah. and and it's funny, even with inflation, I I found that figure for the last 10 years has been pretty consistent. Every time I look at a card that's sort of in that middle of the pack area, that's kind of where the price is because that's another great thing about computers is that they get cheaper over time, or at least the, you know, the, as the components the get parts do. the parts do anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, gra graphic cards, uh, graphic cards. And, and look, it, it, it doesn't hurt if you, if you're, you know, if, if you're aiming to get particular types of games and like, let's say, um, what what's a 
let's just throw out an example that would be relevant to you, Tony. What's if you if you had uh, you know a grand to spend on a PC? What what was what's a PC title that you would be uh, you know would be your first PC you know, only really as yeah like yeah, an, uh, an exclusive say that you would really want to try it on the PC and and have a computer that's good enough to play it. Ah oh, man, that's a good question. Um, geez, you know actually. I think, uh, God, I can't remember the name again. I'm pretty sure it's a 4K game, which I've never played before. But it, um, and I, it was something Angry Joe recommended on his top 20 games he's looking forward to for 2014. Oh, I want to say it's like Galaxy. Uh, I'm not sure. It's Star Citizen. No, not Star Citizen. Um, Galaxy something three or the other. It's a 4K game. Uh, that's Gal- that's all. Gal Civ, you mean? Or? No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, well, civil. Civilization, would be, if 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 that makes it easier, Civilization is a, a, a good one to start with, at least you know five or uh, yeah. the upcoming yeah. one. Yeah. I, I was think, yeah, if if it's a new title, say, um, basically, a good rule of thumb is to look to look at a at an upcoming release, and it doesn't have to be a AAA one, but they do tend to, you know, a lot of those new AAA games do tend to be a bit uh, memory hogs. Um, I remember back in the day, Bioshock, when it came out, was very much considered to be a benchmark. <laughs> you know, like there were people that were upgrading. Yeah, yeah that was another one. Uh, upgrading, upgrading literally to be able to play the game. Let, let's just say for let's just say for argument's sake, it was a few months ago, and you wanted to play Watch Dogs on your PC, uh, and you were just ignoring the fact that it was buggier and. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they took out those, uh... and they and they re- reduced the graphics and all that other jazz. Um, it it wouldn't be a bad idea to just look at the most most companies these days are very good at giving a uh, a good estimate about what is recommended versus um, minimum, minimum requirements. And if you tend to aim somewhere in the middle of that, uh, you really can't go too wrong, um, given that a lot of games these days are designed to be fairly scalable. Um, so if it's telling you, okay, minimum this and max, uh, you know, recommended that, if, you, if, you're, if you're able to look at the model numbers and things like that and find something that's kind of a happy median, that's, that's not a bad way to look at it. Um, of course, if you want to get top of the line, their uh, their recommendations are are often uh, sorry Galactic Civilizations three yeah no, it really was Galactic okay I, I wasn't sure if that well you know I don't think of I that was as being a... Galactic um, wouldn't be that painful now in terms of graphic requirements well you know for, t- Tony's looking at it from the perspective of someone who hasn't probably played a yeah, lot of games like that but... yeah that is one of the games I would get I I I tend to think of more first person type uh, right. games as being the real beasts <laughs> when like, it Christ, comes I, like yeah because i know crisis is oh. always the one like you know there's yeah. that famous saying can it run it or can you run it or okay. whatever yeah, yeah exactly and by the way that's a great website by the way it's system labs uh can i run it uh is, is a pretty good way to um determine whether your computer can run it so to speak um but yeah looking at looking at the latest AAA releases is is not really a bad way to start um now <laughs> how long are you going to be future proof <laughs> <laughs> um, hard, to say. hard uh, to say. Maybe till the next big one. <laughs> truth be told, um, you know, my, my current PC is really—it's probably good for another year or so, I'd say. So, yeah. Now you're probably good for three or four years. Yeah. I, I Based think on the really graphics part alone. Yeah, because you don't tend to replace CPUs and the rest. Right. Of them commonly. Yeah. It's graphics cards. Like yeah, that's the great that thing. Tends- 
that's the great thing about you know the upgradability that we talked about before. If your if your computer is struggling with the newest stuff, the very easiest thing you can do is to go out and get a better graphic card because it's going to take Maybe you to the next level. Yeah, so sometimes that jump from like for instance, I'm in a situation where I really need to jump to a quad core. If I did, that would solve the majority of the issues that I'm having with some of the newer stuff. Um the, the the jump from like a a gig of video memory to two or a clock clock speed is uh, as I believe the the term for I don't know speed and brain power when it comes to uh, graphic cards it's how, and it's how quickly that does right and an increased clock speed just does wonders um, so you know my my advice to anyone looking to upgrade is look at the stats in detail uh, particularly when it comes to core clock and memory and make sure that then you can't necessarily, that's, that's one thing that I, that I have to point out is just because you've gone from, say, a GeForce, say, 7,000 to an 8,000 doesn't necessarily mean that <laughs> that you that you're looking at a card that's 100% better. You really have to get into that detail on a Wikipedia or a website and actually compare your cores. And there are multiple websites that will give you um, the, benchmarks. Yeah. The, the, if you just Google it, it will give you tons of benchmarks. There are some great resources out there, and there's some great sites that do reviews. I, I find the reviews, I don't know if you find this, G-Man, tend to be very, very skewed towards uh, the experts and have a lot of trouble sort of condensing it into a, <laughs> a an easily to, easy to read recommendation. Um, but yeah, there's, there's resources out there, but you, you really do have to compare the detail. Unfortunately, it's not, it's, it's not like a, uh, it's not like going out to buy a new car and they've got like five different trim levels and this one's better than that one. <laughs> and they, they don't always go out yeah. of their way to make it very easy for, for you to tell. Um, but yeah, what, you know, PCs aren't future proof, but because they're upgradable, they're a lot more future proof than the average console is. And if you get two or three years out of it before having to tweet again, that's from my experience, and I'm I'm going back a long way here. I find I rarely go more than three or four years without either buying a new computer or at least doing a pretty significant upgrade on mine to be able to keep up with the latest and the greatest. And when you think about it, Tony, what's the what's the average amount of time that a console generation uh, lasts for? Like five to seven years before they move on to the new stuff? Generally, I'm a, yeah. with the exception of the last one, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some exceptions, but yeah, but it might you might it might be fair to say it's a little shorter of a cycle with PCs, but uh you know those incremental purchases you can go really go a long way sorry were you going to say something no okay no. um I'll, i might just quickly mention some of the disadvantages uh drivers <laughs> do you do you know what a driver is tony just out of curiosity before we uh again yes and no i couldn't yeah. really talk at length about them but i know i know certain things are that you need to have downloaded now yeah. would that actually include things like adobe and uh Flash player, that sort of thing, or is that more? Uh, that's more for the, uh, or... yeah, uh, more I, for the web browser. Yeah, a driver in into in the simplest of terms is a piece of software that allows the computer and the peripheral, uh, uh, whether it's a graphics card or a joystick or a printer or any other sort of uh, secondary device, to work mm. properly with its OS. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of, and I think a lot of times. Uh, or with a lot of peripherals, peripherals, um, when you plug in USB, like yep. it kind of, it'll yeah, automatically, oh. 
Right, but that's most of the time because I know I've had issues where I actually have a, a wireless headset yeah. that uh, I, w I had trouble because it said it couldn't find the drivers, and I went through a whole ordeal yeah. trying to get those. But or ordeals, uh, trust me, used to be a lot more common. We live in a golden age when it comes to drivers. I, I, I find most more devices than not are pretty good at at one finding the the right drivers automatically, or you know, actually including them on a disc <laughs> when you buy it, like a graphics card, for example. Um, the, the, the search functions on most company sites are pretty good. NVIDIA, I, I know, I, I can tell you their their site, it's, it's very, very good to, to be able to find the right drivers, you know, step-by-step, step, what model do you have, what OS. Um, it used to be a lot harder. <laughs> like drivers, drivers used to drive me mad back in the day, but, you know, it is something to bear in mind. Uh, always keep your drivers up to date. Golden rule, kids. Make sure your drivers are up to date. <laughs> uh, and don't take for granted that there's software installed that's necessarily looking for them. Some programs are very good at that. Some are not. Bugs? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I There might be some people out there mad to hear me say this, but I, I find PC releases tend to be buggier, just as a rule. Um, that's not to say there aren't console games that need patches, but uh, my experience has been the bugs tend to be a lot more common with PC and that might just, do you think it's an, is it an attitude G man? Is it just, we'll get to it eventually. Uh, is that what it is? It's not an attitude. It's knowing your limits. Every console is more or less the same. Yeah. Yeah. Barring a few process fluctuations. Yeah. With the making it, every PC is almost 100% yeah. different. Like my rig is different from your rig. Who's, yes. Rig is going to be different from Gilius's yeah. who's different from Sirens. Yeah. There's so many variabilities out there. It's very difficult to make sure that this software is going to work 100% of the time on everybody's setup. And then you throw Microsoft into the mix who sometimes screw things up by patching their OS and God knows what happens. Um, crashing as well. Uh, I've, <laughs> I, I've had a lot more mystery crashes on my PC than I ever had in any console I've ever played. That's not to say it doesn't happen, but get used to games crashing on you now and then on the PC because it does happen. Um, patches? Yeah. Patches? Um, I mean, Tony, you're you've been using the 360 for a long time it is it just become like normal for you to turn it on and find out there's a patch for the, for a game and stuff oh, like that is yeah is that almost just... almost all the time and yeah. you know me especially being an achievement whore you know i'm going back <laughs> and playing these games you know i'm playing games you know from 2008 that i haven't played since then and when i plug it in there's an update required like i almost always expect that from a game that yeah. you know I've, i haven't picked up in years but and uh, you know a lot of the more multiplayer intensive games like halo call of duty those are fairly you know fairly frequent with yeah. their updates so yeah. it's probably i you know if you, if you went back 10 years ago i'd say yeah definitely way more patches on the pc and yeah i know that the delivery systems and the consoles being connected to the internet has become more common but yeah it's gotten to the point now where the word patch doesn't really mean one or the other anymore it, it just patches or patches and they're just you know they're there on console games or they're on pcs I don't really consider them a disadvantage anymore. They're, 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 it's good to see that things are being patched. It's just, it's unfortunate that games are released in the state that they are sometimes. <laughs> well, so how exactly do they work though? On a like, I'm guessing it's like done through Steam or whoever you're buying it, it, the game. It depends on. Depends. On, yeah. Yeah. Um, on the instance, distributor. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. Um, if they use Steam, then they'll probably use. Steamworks, um, yeah. Origin will probably cover you as well as you uh, play. Um, yeah. Otherwise, they might include a patch function inside as a part of the default game, or 
yep. you might have to uh, follow a new site and yep. you know, get it's... patches off the internet. There are still games that when you load them up, the first thing they do is check for the, the most current version, which I always found a good feature. But like a Steam and, and a content delivery like that tends to do that on its own for you. So Right. Yeah. I mean, that was, again, with, you know, Xbox, it's as soon as you start the game up, like it won't even take it to the title screen. It says there's you have to down. It won't. Yeah. Even, it's not even giving you the option. It just says right. you have, it just does it. So I'm wondering, like with yeah. Steam, I guess, at least if you start, you know, you click a game to play it. Yeah. If there is a patch, normally I guess it'll do it. it does will. it do it in the background or like does it It it's uh I find when I turn on Steam if there's an update, often it's updating before I even realize it in the bottom corner. That little okay. downloading icon appears, G Man, you know, where it pops up and says yeah. progress of X. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's a huge one. <laughs> and you're it's like, wow. Annoying. What are they doing? <laughs> I've got a gig patch here out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's become, it's gotten to the point where you don't really have to be as personally vigilant because the, uh, right. the, the, the software is there. You just have to bear in mind that, uh, having the latest version, uh, particularly if you're playing online is, is, is crucial to make sure the damn thing's going to work properly. And, and you know, like I said before, making sure your drivers are up to date is, is part of that as well. Um, you may even have to use the beta drivers because yep, I've got, you might my... do. I've got AMD beta drivers because I've been playing, uh, well, have been uh, playing Wildstar, and yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just awful without them. You just yeah. absolutely need them. Yeah. You know. And until somebody fixes that, you've got no other option, right? Yeah. Pretty much, it's yeah. um, it's the end game levels, and I'm basically stuck with the beta drivers because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to play the end game content. <laughs> And then you get into compatibility issues where sometimes just, you know, Tony, I've literally been in situations where I've been scared to update to the newest uh, OS because I'm worried that the games that I have are not going to work properly on them. Right. And I, and I don't want to have to get into uh, into emulation. But uh, that's that's unfortunately part of <laughs> being a PC owner. Um Another another minor thing is uh, I, I used this used to be a big deal, but just hardware failures. I mean, G-Man, you've, you've been there. Power supplies going, graphic cards dying. I've been lucky so far, touch wood. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I had a little panic when I was upgrading my card um, to a more stronger card. Turns, um, Thankfully, it wasn't the software, it wasn't the hard drive, that, um, not hard drive, the graphics card that was completely useless. It was the drivers. Yeah. But they were giving me the drivers were... God knows how how long out of date, but they were out of date. And whenever I tried, whenever the computer tried to use them, it was like, uh, nope, nope, not gonna work, son. It's yeah. gonna crush you. I've so, had just about everything fail that can fail in a computer, uh, up to and including, you know, human error, like you know, pouring uh, orange juice all over your keyboard or something like that, which I can't really blame on the computer. But when you think about it, um, I mean. I've, I've had consoles die. I know you have, Tony. <laughs> yep. Consoles die too. So you can't say that that's a problem that's unique to PC. I honestly think probably a lot of it has to do with just the fact that PCs are on more of the time. Is that fair to yeah. say? Like, <laughs> they're just they're just on more. And, you know, fair enough, the power supply has got a limited lifespan. The and... longer they're on, the more chance of yeah. and, right. and the effing, pardon my French, fans on the uh, the graphic cards and the the graphite or oil or bearings or whatever they are wearing out and inevitably dying. Like, <laughs> I've I've had more graphic cards that have had to be shelved for that than I have actually had them fail for you know real reasons. And then heat and other crap that comes up when when they get older and those case fans we were talking about failing like. 
you do have to be a bit wary. Uh, so, sometimes you might even have to go to the point of uh, installing or downloading something to monitor, uh, you know, temperatures and stuff like that. I've um, actually got those installed right now. Yeah, and then the thing, the thing that eventually pushed me back into getting into consoles again is just the the research and the keeping abreast of developments and stuff. Like there was a time where I was on top of everything you know i knew about this new thing and that new thing and eventually i just got tired <laughs> tired of that and now when i go to buy a pc again i'm basically going to be starting from scratch in terms of well this is the latest this like i i've i've only just been learning about ssd hard drives and stuff recently guys like <laughs> and i know that they've been out for a little while but i've just been away from buying it in fairness so they're way too expensive for common use yeah it's uh I can see the advantages, but uh, yeah, in a couple of years from now, I'm I'm definitely going to be considering things. So yeah, there there's downsides too, and uh, look, they they probably require a lot more TLC and a lot more vigilance. You can install something on your console that's not particularly useful and not worry about it screwing up your computer. It's very easy to install something on your computer that completely ganks it. Never, never delete System 32. Whatever no. anyone says, never delete that. <laughs> Yeah, and if you know what we mean, then you you've been there. Um, well, I I might just, <laughs> I know I might just get into budget very quickly. Like Tony, Tony, I you know I know you've talked about investing. I know you've talked about the possibility of a Steam box. You've talked about PCs. Uh, our mutual friend Vernon has talked about it. What if you were going to spend money on a PC tomorrow? Where where would you be aiming price wise? You know that's that's kind of hard to say. I wouldn't want to go really. And again, I know, you know, you're you. The less you spend, the more limit, limited you're getting as far as processing power and all that, and yeah. whatever it may be. But I really wouldn't want to go a whole hell of a lot more than you know the current generation consoles. I'll tell you, I'm not. I wouldn't want to spend a grand. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe let's say between is a rough estimate. Let's say between you know five seven hundred dollars yeah look the, the good news is you don't have to spend more than that to get a mm. computer i can say that you know quite unequivocally you you can get and you can get a computer that that's upgradable right g-man like if you yeah, took that five seven hundred dollar computer you could go back to it and tinker a year later two years later and make some incremental improvements that, that extend its lifespan and and uh you know it if you're buying it for the games you want to play now and it won't play them two years later, there's a solution for that. Right. Um, now, there are limits. Uh, eventually, you reach the point where your board can't take a higher processor or the bottleneck in terms of RAM will limit. Uh, so I understand it, G-Man, if, if you can't go... If you if there's a limit to the point at which your you know your graphic card is going to be able to do any more work for you because of the you know the the limitations of the rest of the computer RAM included, but um, if you're buying if if you're buying a relatively good PC to begin with, you can upgrade those other things so that everything sort of sings along yeah. well. You're so looking, yeah, yeah, it's, the upgrade cycle is very predictable. It's usually graphics card yeah. every every two to three years, RAM probably every six, and yeah. CPU somewhere in between depending on new technology yeah so if i if i had to make a recommendation to you to tony and just and this is very general i'd say quad core don't mm -hmm. don't worry too much about what level of quad core it is uh it's more it, like it'll be more or less the same at this point it, it, it will yeah particularly if it's a mid-range sort of computer don't worry about getting a quote-unquote gaming 
computer. Just worry about what it has in it, because sometimes gaming computer is code for we're going to screw you over and charge you more. <laughs> right. No, it pretty much is. <laughs> well, um, here, well, maybe I can interrupt and kind of jump in with a question that might yeah, kind of. Sure. So, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of, you know, there's, you know, obviously you have like companies like Alienware. I know there's like Ironside computers and uh, so on and so forth. I mean, beyond, you know, the certain, I guess, benefits of having a pre-built PC, like maybe the company you get it from will have a warranty on it or, you know, just the fact that you'll get delivered something in the mail and you can essentially plug it in and yeah. go like a console. Besides though, like those two things, is there really any other benefit to buying one pre-made or, you know, would you do you know, think you'd really get a hell of a lot more enjoyment and everything out of building it on your own and parting everything ultimately in? It's, um, ultimately, pre-builds are just safer. Ultimately. It's like if something messes up within a warranty or, you know, depending on where you live, you yeah. can just take it back and go get a new one and you can ask them to just rip the hard drive out and, you know, you'll be back up within a couple of days at no cost. Yeah, yeah. You know, and pre-builds and, you know, self-builds tend not to have that sort of security. If you, if it messes up, then if the parts are, individual parts are in warranty, then yeah. maybe you can get them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've had that happen. It, oh, it's kind of a, you know, it's not, yeah. I would yeah, I would say building the computer until you're more comfortable was, with with uh, you know having owned one for a while. Right. It's definitely cheaper, but the as G-Men pointed out, you're you're a lot more on your own if something goes wrong, and uh, <laughs> the frustration level is going to be there because even for an expert, there's always <laughs> there's always ways that it can go wrong. Right, and I guess the other thing too is maybe it kind of goes without saying, but you know, if you buy some, a pre-built one and it has a warranty or, or whatever, you know, yeah. once that that warranty or whatever it may be, you know, is is gone, then you can then start tinkering. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. I'm, go it, ahead. You might as well. Yeah. Yeah, why not? I mean, at that point, you're not covered, uh, and and you know you may still have some components that are covered, but yeah. Uh, and look, there's no reason you can't take it into a like a mom and pop shop, for lack of a better word, to uh, to do stuff if you're not comfortable with uh, the wiring and screwing and all that. But or uh, find a friend that or, knows and or, you know exactly. for their knowledge. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So yeah, look the the. I think everyone in, in their life should try building a home computer at least once. It's worth it's worth it, <laughs> the experience, and it's certainly cheaper. Uh, particularly if you if you're really like hell bent on having it done in a particular way. But uh, you you've got to get to a certain level of uh, you know it's it's not like reassembling you know, the hat. Uh, you gotta feel safe with it. You do, and and you, you gotta feel safe. Yeah, and and you've got to know your ins and outs and and research it a lot. You know, it's it's not like uh, fixing the hatchback on a on an old Acura or something like that. Like it's right. you don't you don't just pick that up from a from a from a magazine or something. So, um. unfortunately, not no. <laughs> so well. Uh, have you, look, uh, given that you, you know, as we've we've pointed out, you're still, uh, you know, in that sort of consideration phase. Is is there any other questions about the buying or the the maintenance or the future proofing that that you that you have while we're mm -hmm. still? No, because I was honest, honestly, kind of surprised that you both kind of said it. You know, it'd probably be better off to start pre-built PC for a, a new timer than, rather than kind of getting your hands dirty immediately and trying to, you know, start from scratch and you know get a case and then maybe you know part everything into it yeah because i was going to ask no, I, this, no, go on, sorry. i was just going to say you know if maybe that was something i could do because again money is a, a big consideration so i was thinking maybe you know start like by ordering a case this you know this paycheck and then the next one ordering like the power supply and 
you know, maybe save like the graphics card and everything for the last couple of items. But yeah. if you really think it might be better to save and then I, buy I, a pre-built, I, then unless you've got someone to really hold you by the hand and guide you through the installation and assembly process, I I would go pre-built to start and then start experimenting. Start small by like upgrading the graphic card yourself or upgrading the RAM yourself. You know, you'll get a feel for it. Like I probably did all those major components individually before I ever did it all at once. You know, right. to the point where I now I'm comfortable with installing power supplies, whereas before I would have been like terrified because I would have been worried about blowing the damn thing up by doing it improperly. Um, it's and look that you look there's there's reason there's people on YouTube that are they've got videos that you could go start to finish, but I'd start small, buy a computer and and try upgrading something down the line and, and just getting a feel for it that way. Um, and you know eventually you might get to the point where you do uh, feel comfortable with just you know. Uh, buying it all and uh, assembling it Lego yeah. style uh-huh. on your own. Yeah, and um, I mean, when Zell, if um, one of my friends who I still speak with, says it's basically adult Lego, and, you know, I, he is right, it is more or less adult Lego, but it's, you know, <laughs> there are more issues to it than just that, and, yeah. you know, he's yeah. very comfortable doing it, and I'm, well, you know, when it's your own money you're dealing with, you're always going to be fairly hesitant <laughs> about uh, about what you're dealing with and yeah. uh, fiddling with it because it's, you you are aware of what you're spending and you don't want to break something yeah exactly yeah yeah you're always more careful when it's uh when it's on you right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah all right well um and look i i realized that we've really not touched on things like peripherals and monitors and mice and stuff but to be honest the, the day is really long gone when that's Stuff is really difficult to understand anymore. Like the mm-hmm. the lines of blurred, they're all plug and play. Uh, I, I, you, you can go, you can go with, uh, you can go out and spend ninety nine bucks on a perfectly good, you know, monitor. Uh, and, and if that's not big enough for you, well, <laughs> the, the sky's the limit. And you don't have to build them. You don't have to set them up. They're, they're, you know, and the, the lines yeah. between TVs um, and yeah. monitors are very blurred. It's easy to understand. Yeah, you could just get a TV monitor and just hook it up with a HDMI cable. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, mice and stuff and joysticks and all that are, uh, you know, increasingly the, the line between what's – I mean, I use it as 360, P, one on my PC. I, I, You know, I don't even really think of them as different anymore. So uh, the lines I, between yeah, that I, sort of stuff I are blurred. Well, yeah. I keep one around as well for a PS2 emulation. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm I'm never going to get so pers- personal that I'm going to recommend things like mice and trackballs and, and keyboards and stuff. Like, you're, you're going to like what you're going to like. Uh, that's not hard to – for people to understand everyone you'll figure used... out what you what you want exactly and, and every and you don't have to set those up they're they just they just go you know yeah uh it's it's this uh strange little box that sits next to it that is the actual uh you know mystery part so mm-hmm. um definitely well thanks guys i i just wanted to kind of look at the nuts and bolts of that and and hopefully that'll be helpful to uh some people that are looking to dive in um i might just quickly uh touch on the our our uh, weekly high um, high score quiz, which is always is tied to the topic, and in this case of PC for Dummies. And uh, multiple choice, as always. Uh, we mentioned Windows before, and the question is uh, related to uh, to Windows, which we all know and love, or, or don't, as the case may be. Um, Microsoft's first version of Windows, uh, 1.0, 
debuted back in 1985, <laughs> believe it or not, which is before both your times. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, uh, this, this question will be even more uh, odd than when you see the answer. At the end of what year did Microsoft officially declare Windows version 1.0 unsupported and obsolete? Your choices are A, 1995, B, 1999 or C 2001. What do you think, Tony? Uh, you said it was it was the 1.0 came out in 80. 1985. It did the first GUI interface developed wow. by the, Microsoft. And the lowest and the lowest year is already 95. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to just go and say 2001 then. 2001. What do you think, G-Man? Uh, knowing knowing how most companies have software, I'm saying the same. 2001. Yeah. Well, you're both right. Uh, the answer is, in fact, to the end of 2001, <laughs> they actually yeah, declared I, it unsupported. I mean, I, I actually, uh, I can actually give you an example of something that's still around now. There's a language called Fortran. It's perhaps the second oldest language still used. <sighs> And it's still running now. Wow. Supercomputers are dedicated towards it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Microsoft finally gave up on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That that many years later, I I threw in '99 to trip you up. I thought maybe the uh, Millennium 2K changeover would be uh, attempting to say uh, that they covered it, but nope. Well, Sport, Sport entered the new uh, the new Millennium for you, Windows 1.0. So what, I mean, do you happen to know how many iterations of Windows have come out by that point? I mean... Oh, by 2001, it would have been... Uh, God. Uh, 95, 98, and 2001, I know. Yeah. There's plus, probably two or plus, three more, yeah. I think. Well, two, Windows 2, Windows 3.0, you know. The, yeah, and, we're still and supporting it. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I know they just ended, what, support for... XP. XP, yeah. yeah, yeah. XP, yeah, yeah. Well, it uh, was only uh, two or three months ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why... why point oh deserve to have that that long run i'll never know but uh maybe some government computer some player somewhere was still running it after all these years um i'll quickly make my old school recommendation of the week as well and uh speaking of pcs this is a dos pc release that was eventually ported to the shambolic 3do by panasonic uh the classic star control 2 uh which is widely considered to be one of the greatest pc games ever made certainly of the 90s it was a sequel to what was you know, a pretty competent just space combat game, um, which was fun in its own way, but nothing remarkable. It introduced kind of a galaxy-spanning plot uh, involving an ancient forgotten alien race and their hidden technology. Uh, speak up if that sounds familiar to you guys. A, a war on, on in which humankind was in the losing side and now a new effort to unite a group of races against kind of an old oppressor that's returned. And their rivals uh, before you run out of time. It was actually a game that had a time limit, believe it or not. You actually had to uh, you actually had to uh, wrap it up by a particular point, or the one alien race or the other would uh, would would win would win, um, and you would fail. Um, it was a very influential game. Uh, in, in involved a lot of exploration and a lot of pl plot, and a lot of conversations and uh, conversation choices and things like that. Uh, very influential. Uh, Mass Effect clearly very, very inspired by uh, certain beats uh, in in Star Control. I, I could see it within the first couple of hours of playing it that it was clear that these guys had uh, had definitely played Star Control. Um, a lot of different, uh, just, just that sheer variety of races and the idea of like, you know, getting all these races to work together and, and stuff like that. 
the voice acting that was on the 3DO version was actually quite good for the time. Uh, I, I never got to play that one, but uh, oddly enough, the original source code for the game was released by the, the first creators, and the game was remade as Urquan Masters, which is the villains of the game. They couldn't call it Star Control because Accolade, which is now owned by everyone's Activision. yeah everyone's favorite people at Atari, now own the uh, <laughs> the rights to it uh, somehow, so they can't call it Star Control. But uh, yeah, look, you can still play this game uh, to this day uh, in a Windows environment. You just have to download the right. Uh, the right um, version. Um, there's all sorts of music that's been updated for it as well, remixed. Uh, it's a great game from top to bottom, and I think it still holds up. I mean, graphically, yeah, it's you know it's what you'd expect for <laughs> 1992, but uh, it's it's it it's not an exaggeration to say it's really one of the best ever. Uh, I I still look fondly on it to this day, and uh, God, it'd be nice if it got like a Steam release or something like that. I I really think it would do well. There's enough there's enough people that like those sort of space strategy exploration games out there that I, and it's look the name is just you know. I think the, I I kind of wonder why they haven't tried to remake it. Honestly, it, it seems like a franchise that has a lot of uh, loyalty to it. Um, quick plug for the site: Enthusiasts are uh, uh, wasty Wednesdays, as we call them in the staff, uh, where an article or review is up from our own Wastelander seventy five. Um, he recently did a very interesting article on. Uh, uh, William Gibson and uh, uh, Neuromancer, and it's uh, and the, and the resulting trilogy that it was part of, and, and its influence on the cyberpunk genre. Um, and uh, you know, he he also does reviews and um, and uh, and just you know pieces on video gaming in general. Uh, so yeah, uh, come back for for Wednesdays if you want to check out what uh, Wasty has got to offer. Well, thanks very much, guys. Uh, you can find us, of course, at enthusiacs.com. Our Twitter feed at enthusiacs. And our YouTube channel, Enthusiacs. Uh, we've got a thriving forum you can see on the tab there next to our social media buttons. Um, our email address for Point Streak is pointstreak at enthusiacs.com if you've got any questions, feedback, or suggestions. Thanks again to you, Tony and G Man, for joining us uh, and talking about PCs. Uh, I just wanted to kind of cut through some of the haze and. Uh, explain some of the pros and cons and, and, and for maybe somebody who's on the fence about trying it out, just, uh, you know, explore some of the, you know, some, some of what advantages it has and, and what you've got to keep in mind if you're going to be, you know, make that first purchase, you know, everyone's used a computer, but not everyone's bought a computer with PC gaming in mind. So hopefully we've, uh, educated, uh, you at least a little bit. Thanks again, guys. And, uh, join us again next time on point streak. Thanks guys. You're welcome. See ya. Right. Cheers.